Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to this week's Runners World podcast with me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. This week's special guest is none other than Mr. Kieran Alger. Mr. Danube has joined us for a catch up as he enters the final week of his challenge um but before we get into people having great success with running let's talk about our running jay mm, yeah um should i get some in the edit should i put some really like melancholy music in the background yeah put some <laughs> yeah get a little violin um, okay go on it's not looking good i um i've twisted my ankle it's a it's a the long and short of it walking the dog so i wasn't even doing anything glamorous or exciting while doing it just had a day off, took the dog out for a big old walk, twisted my ankle, then had to walk two miles on a twisted ankle. That'll be what did Thought it. it was broken because it looked like someone had attached a cricket ball to my ankle. Went and got it x-rayed and it's it's not broken, which I took as a good thing. But the, the woman who x-rayed me, lovely woman in Kingston A&E, said, actually, you know, a lot of the time, soft tissue injuries take longer to heal oh, good. than bones. Mm. I was like... Okay. Um, so what has it done to your racing calendar for the rest of the year? I don't think. I mean, I'm, I did it a week. I did it last Monday. So we were a week and a day and it's still very, very bruised. Can just about walk on it. Definitely couldn't run. I've been managing to kind of strap it up and cycle because I feel like as long as I don't stand up, I feel like I'm not putting the ankle... I don't know. You know more about cycling than me. I feel like I'm not using my ankle as much yeah, or yeah. not putting as much weight through it. Yeah. Um, but I think it'd be stupid of me to run in the next week or so. And then I think I was thinking of London and that's six weeks, well, less than six weeks away. And I just I just think it would be stupid, wouldn't it? To then go back into like a 20 mile, I mean, trying to really push it. But we'll see. I mean, I might run on it next week and it'd be absolutely fine. But my gut is telling me that that's not going to be the case. You'll need to let all the swelling go down and then the bruising will be there for a bit. Yeah. I think for the first time in my life, I need to just let it be. Because I think I'm always rushing like every runner to get back to running. But I think actually it needs... This is the kind of thing that could go on for months and months and months, couldn't it? If I just... Yeah, you're best going to see like a physio because then there'll someone will tell you like, oh, no, your ligaments are like are fine or they're not or, you know, because yeah. you might have done something to those. So they're, oh, ankles. Ankles. There you go. So, you know, not not the best, but it could, it could be fine. But I think I'm at that. To, to be honest, I think I wasn't enjoying the marathon training as much as I have done in the past. I don't know if that's not having a coach. I don't know if that's trying to run for joy and that being quite difficult <laughs> when you're trying to run for a marathon. I just don't know. I wasn't in I wasn't in a good vibe with it. All right. So well, it might just be the universe and it might just be that actually I I do a spring marathon and I take a few months to 
to get over this and then be running again. Do you know what I mean it's not it's not the end of the world, is it? If if there's no joy in the joy plan. Exactly. And I actually feel like if I when I when I first did it and I couldn't walk the dog, that was making me really sad. Like the fact I couldn't go outside and walk the dog yeah. was hurting me more than not being able to go for a run. So maybe that's yeah. that's a sign, isn't it? That I wasn't yeah. I could have done this a week before doing loads of 20 mile runs and I'd be devastated but I was only at the like half marathon but what about you you've hurt your back oh uh, yeah um, yeah I mean I've got I've got just uh a, 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 a very much I think age related <laughs> just getting old as I as I as I drift this towards my 40th birthday um yeah I've, I've got some bulging lower back discs which um I'm actually still able to run. Running seems That's to be good. the bit that that um, I'm, I'm I'm most comfortable with. It's actually stuff like right now sitting down. I'm actually very uncomfortable, and um, I have like lots of random referral. Like it, it impinges on the nerve, on different nerves, and I get sort of random referral pain down my leg and in different muscles and stuff. But running seems all right. Um, the bike is. I was off the bike for a while, which is for me not great, but. Um, yeah, back on that. So yeah, I'm I'm fine. Big half next. Yeah, yeah, the big half. I just I just won't. I just haven't been able to do any training, um, which is fine. I'll just go and run it and, and enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I just need to do militant core exercises for the rest of my yeah. life now. So that's exciting. Um, you, you 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 what's that? Kayla, it's you. That's you like doing Love those, it. don't you? Yeah. Yeah, her. There you go. I'll just you you know about that. You always tell me you're doing core exercises from her, so I'll just do that. Yeah, just keep your low back pressed into the floor at all times, and you're fine. All right, great. That's that sounds like that sounds like sound advice. Well, otherwise, because <laughs> I have sciatica, so otherwise you put more pressure oh, yeah. on your spine. All right, this is true. You need to. So I, it's it, that is solid advice, actually. Oh well, great. Thank you so much. All right, good. I'm just going to go and press my lower back into the floor. No, that's it. Just off to do that forever and ever. Um, right. Let, let's 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 let's. Let's get Kieran on and he can tell us all about this fantastic thing he's been doing. Guest of the week, here in the studio. Guest of the week, sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete, could be a physio, or a complete unknown. I mean, I think you've got the great, that great motivator of the fact is you've got, what, six days less than of running? Of course. I've got seven seven days left now. Seven running days. Do you, and you're going to use all of them. You're not. Are you going to try and or you're going to squash it down a bit if you, you have a sprint finish? <laughs> I did. I was, I was saying earlier. I was thinking about should I do like a fifty day, fifty mile finisher? Oh. But I, no, I think I. I it, it basically is going to work out about thirty one or thirty two miles a day for seven days from here on oh, in. So just, yeah, it's not. It's not leisurely. It's not. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's still a long way to go. Like still, you know. It's even, I keep saying, it's like even on the morning of the day where you've, last day, if you've got 30 miles to run, it's still not done, you know, it's still... It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because all, like, the distances that you're working with every single day and through this whole thing, it kind of, it, it, it foreshortens what that actually is. Do you know, in, in my head already, like, you're so capable now of just dealing with a 30-mile day that it becomes, it almost becomes a given that that's fine. But really, 30 miles, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to, like, consider yeah. it. It's huge anything can happen and it's like when i'm out there running like throughout this whole thing there have been days where you know you're fine one minute you take a step and then something twinges and something you can feel you get a sensation one of the tendons and i have to ease back off and the minute i feel something like that i walk or i slow down or i 
and then you just hope that that makes it go away or and then it often it has disappeared but you i know that i'm kind of one footstep one wrong footstep or one moment of running too fast or doing something silly or taking a step down a pavement away from you know if something bad happens i've sprained my ankle whatever all those things that's it it's game over you know so you, I'll still run with that, you know. But yeah, well, oh, I hope I haven't pranked you out with seven days to go. Exactly. <laughs> now I'm doing. Yeah. Also, be careful of your. Just, Karen, be careful of your lower back. That's all I'm saying yeah. as well. You know, yeah. just, uh, just, um, you're gonna walk for the next week and be like, exactly. Ben and Jane have ruined just, it. Yeah, I'm gonna have someone sweeping the path in front of me with yeah, just like. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, look, we started talking already, but I'm gonna say welcome, welcome back to the Runners World Podcast, Kieran Alga. Uh, aka the running pilgrim aka mr danube which is the one i've i've made that one up (laughs) Uh, (laughs) thank you for having me back um where in the world are you i'm currently sat in a place called furstenzell in germany uh i'm actually about 180 miles from the place that i finished my last run um so i've made it to a place called gross mulheim and i'm a i'm about 200 and i want to say like 260 miles 240 to 260 miles from the finish now with seven days left to run but normally you start at like 6 a.m right and we're talking at nine it so what are we ruining today's run what's you've, happening you've absolutely destroyed it I've, <laughs> I've, I've stopped the run for the run as well podcast that's how much no i'm on a, i'm on a rest day today so, oh, so you're um, not running I've, at all i've taken this is my one and only rest day that i've had the whole time and I, I basically banked this rest day by doing two shorter stages in one uh, about 10 days ago. And I was either going to use that to split some of the longer distances in half, or I've decided just to take one full rest day. So, and who knows how that's going to go. It might, you know, it might really help the body or it might set me, you know, off, off my kind of pace. And if the body starts to repair and the mind goes a bit loose all of those things i don't know what's going to happen but yeah i've already cleaned the entire house three times this morning <laughs> i think you've got to move you've got you've got to move in some capacity i think if you stop yeah. completely then everything would kind of go all right cool shut down repair time so you've got to go for a walk or lease or something right like do some that's, burpees yeah. right yeah, yeah do a really intense hit do a hit session really intense really intense yeah. get that heart rate yeah. up I, I will i will go out for a wander i think yeah I, I might even go and run even a couple of miles just around here just to keep myself sane. I mean, is it just as a preemptive before the final week that this was the day that you kind of had in your head as a rest day? Because 50 days in, six, sorry, 60 days in, rest day at this point seems kind of like you should have had it like halfway. Too little, too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I could have, I, get, I wasn't really planning on a rest day until I had a friend come and run with me and they did some they had a car and they moved the numbers around on the spreadsheet and showed that I could do those two stages in one. Right. And then I had this day and I was thinking about when to use it. My family are here at the moment and we're all kind of staying in one place. We have, at the moment we have access to kind of a, a swimming pool and stuff. So actually I just thought it'd be nice to pause, have some time with the family and then go try and go into those last seven days refreshed. But also they've been they've been crewing me. They've been having to drive. The distances from where we are are getting longer and longer. So yesterday I think it was, you know, it's like 130 miles each way. Wow. So my my crew are getting tired as yeah, well. Yeah. So I thought it would be nice for us just to take a bit of a breather and um, and see. But actually at the end of yesterday I felt like I could run longer. So I'm I'm feeling strong and it, it 
it may or may not prove to be a smart idea, but we'll, we'll see. This whole adventure kind of, I want to just try and break it down into the different bits because it's kind of a, it's, it needs unpicking. And I, from a physical point of view, I kind of want to get a take of what it's been like expectation-wise and the reality of it. Like physically, how's the body behaved? Has it been very similar to all the other longer distance runs you've done? Because it's completely uncharted territory for you. So what was it, you know, has it been as straightforward as you thought or has it just been, Have you? has your body even impressed yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea. I, the, the, first, the most I'd done before was seven marathons in seven days in London whilst working, but you've got all the home comforts, all the food that I like. Mm. I wasn't carrying a backpack. So this was really a step into the unknown. I had no idea what the body would do after three days. I was really worried that, you know, told lots of people that I'm going to do it, that after three days I might be on a plane home. <laughs> so, yeah, just going, sorry, guys. But actually, the first the first three or four days, I ran quite long. I had some 40-milers in there. The feet blistered up, toes were a bit damaged. You know, everything was a bit sore and tight. And, and then after a certain point, it just settled pretty much. Everything kind of settled. And then I, I was surprised at how well the body started to cope with layering on these distances. You know, most of them have been 20 miles plus. A lot of them have been, I guess, over a marathon distance, a few shorter ones thrown in. And yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. There are a few things I was really worried that would go wrong. You know, all the tendons, Achilles, you know, the tendons that run down to the outside of the knees, the ones that go into the top of the foot, those are the... I guess the wear and tear injuries that I've feared most. I didn't worry too much about muscular because mm. I'm running mm. at paces that are very, I guess, recovery paces really. But I've been massively surprised at how well the body has coped. And every time, I mean, don't get worried, everything on my body has grumbled at one point or another. Yeah. And they've all taken it in turns to, to do so. <laughs> sometimes during a run, sometimes over a series of days. But, um, what I've tried to do, at the minute I feel something that isn't right, I stop running and I walk or I ease back the pace a lot or I might even slightly change my running style to try and ease that off. And there have definitely been moments where you've, the fear sets in, particularly around the tendons, because if those go, you know, you, you rest is the only way to recover those and it can be days and days and days. So, but touch wood, so far I've managed that, that process of the grumbles kind of fine. Um, and physically, I've, yeah, it's been shocking to me that I feel like I'm getting stronger, which I didn't expect at all. I expected by run home, Kieran. You can run home now. <laughs> Listen, if you could talk to my wife, if you could talk to my wife and negotiate it, I would. You know, I, you know, it, it's a funny one because I feel like I'm seven days out and I'm getting the Sunday back to school vibes. You know, I feel. Are you? You feeling nervous? A little bit like yeah. I don't really want it to end. And I, if you just asked me in the beginning before I went out, I by this stage I thought I'd be praying for the finish to come soon. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's not really how I feel, which is a huge surprise to me. And a c huge concern for your wife because <laughs> yeah, yeah. absolutely that means yeah. that means that you've absolutely got this bug. That's the big what's what's next? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do you think it will, have, will it have changed you forever? Like, do you think you'll ever be able to sit behind a laptop and do be be a journalist again, or are you Forrest Gump now? I, this is the first time I've opened my laptop. I think in is this goodbye? Sixty days, <laughs> and I it feels odd having it open. I I don't know. I mean, it is it's a very different. You get into this rhythm, and it's a wonderful rhythm actually. I've really enjoyed it of moving your body in the morning from six in the morning or seven for four, five, six hours, those hours shrink. It's crazy. Like, uh, you know, three hours doesn't feel long to me anymore. 
and then you arrive in a new place you find somewhere to stay i've got this rhythm you have to go to the supermarket your food and but you're sort of exploring new places for the brief time that you're there rest up and go again and it's it's actually quite exciting and yeah it, it feels like you're alive it's a very different feeling i do feel quite liberated by it if i'm being honest Well, that's because uh, i was going to say i wanted to know about the physical because obviously it's a great feat of endurance and your body's going to have to develop and cope and as runners that's always quite interesting but the most interesting side of it is the is the adventure side the mental side of it how has it lived up to expectation how has it exceeded expectation beyond measure just what you were thinking of your journey and how you'd feel about it how is how do you feel about it now it's been incredible and i i've found it a lot more kind of scary in some places a lot more fun in other places you know i've had the extremes actually and the one thing i haven't found so much there haven't been too many days where i've woken up and thought i don't really want to run today yeah i you know i guess in this, it's almost like there have been chapters of the story as i've gone through different countries and experienced different things i mean romania was very difficult you know not only there were longer stretches in kind of wilderness in felt like I was running places that no one has ever run yeah you know because no one really I didn't see many runners there and people weren't expecting you to run there so that felt quite exposed and I felt quite nervous there obviously there was an awful lot of dogs wild dogs guard dogs farm dogs that all wanted to eat me <laughs> I want to talk about that, the dogs that was <laughs> yeah, terrifying me too. that was terrifying <laughs> and then there's yeah I guess there's lots of logistical things that you know, have been challenging as well, you know, sorting out your kit, getting into the rhythm of what you're doing with your kit and how you're storing things. Or a good example is the first day, it only rained for about seven minutes in 40 days. But for those minutes, I have to, re I hadn't really thought about all the stuff that might break if it wasn't waterproof, reacting and moving all of that around. And there's different sort of mental challenges. And, you know, the adventure is sort of finding new places to stay each time and then having other people arrive out of nowhere on the on the course as well and that's been one of my favorite bits of the whole thing that i wasn't really expecting quite so much is having these individuals sort of appear and be part of the story and the moments of kindness that i've received from people that i, that I would not have been able to make it to where i am if these people hadn't taken it upon themselves to come out sometimes literally without me knowing on the side of a road holding water and then help me along and it's that's been a lot more, I guess, a lot more kind of um, fun and, and lively than I thought it would be. It definitely, I think, in the, in the first few weeks of the journey when it was kind of, as you say, you're, it was harder going, perhaps where you were, Romania and those early countries, uh, you were sort of slightly more exposed and you were having these moments where you were on your own for a very long time and then suddenly someone would hand you a kilo of plums or something, you know, like or, or that sort of level of stuff. And you could really, you could see this big old sort of dip of like, oh God, this is super yeah. hard. And then this big old up from like just that one moment giving you a huge amount of motivation. Yeah. I mean, I had another, you know, I found myself, the challenges as well are very different. I, I had to, in certain places, I was running down lines of trucks, you know, five mile long queue of trucks that were going over the border crossings. And there's a lot of like traffic moving the other way and they're just places that you just wouldn't run and you've got to work out you know how do i how am i going to deal with this how does it feel i feel out of my depth here i probably shouldn't be running here i've got police looking at me and then one of one truck driver called me over 
and he was a Romanian guy and we chatted for a minute about what I was doing. I chatted to him about his own feat of endurance, which was sitting in this queue for about seven years. <laughs> and I was like, I'd rather be me than you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then he, and he reached into his cab and handed me two litre bottle of water, which I then had to run with, which I didn't really need. But that... Yeah, you can't like drop it 10 <laughs> steps later, <laughs> can exactly. you? <laughs> he sees just watches you pour it away. <laughs> exactly. That was all the water he had. But no, I mean, and that, it was funny because that little, him handing me that bottle of water gave me two or three miles of spring in my step. It just, it lifts you up, you know. It's, um, it, that's been really fascinating that those, those moments of kindness are such a boost along the way. Um, and particularly they seem to, the timing, it's, you know, they seem to have happened at times when I've really needed them to in places where I've felt either, you know, nervous or exposed or a bit vulnerable or, you know, a bit down and they've come just at the right time. Did you preempt that the mental part would be a tricky bit? Yeah, I knew, I knew that was going to be tough. You know, I kind of expected, and I, although actually that's interesting, I don't think I expected it to, to the running part to be the bit that I found most comfortable and the mental part, particularly in Romania and the feeling exposed to be the toughest part. That was that was really interesting. Like a couple of times when I, you know, there was one time after I'd been attacked by three dogs, I I didn't want to leave the hotel room. Like at that morning, I I was done. I, I'm so I was tired of being tense and nervous and afraid of running. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to have to deal with that so much. But and those everything kind of helped. Those notes from my from my family that I would have every morning helped. And I wrote a few things on um, on the powders and. And again, you know, talking about timing on that day, Dimitar, who had kind of arrived in Bulgaria to help me, complete stranger found on, on Instagram, he came and I knew he was going to be waiting for me at 20 miles that day because he'd come back to crew me. And uh, when he did, because I knew he was going to be there, it made me able to get out of that hotel room. Without him, that would have been a different day. But. On behalf of all dog lovers everywhere, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how much do you hate dogs? No, I mean I love I love dogs, but this is it's such a. This is well, these are like wolves, right? Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're like wolves, a, yeah. There's there's lots and lots and lots of stray dogs in Romania and in Bulgaria. There's a few in Serbia, and they're sort of mixed up with what I would call kind of um, property dog, guard dogs yard dogs whatever these are protecting particular bits of property and then there's lots of farm dogs sheep dogs and there's this kind of mix of all these these dogs and you're not really sure which are which they're gangs they're gangs that's just they're gangs of dogs yeah, yeah. hundreds of gangs them of dogs. Yeah. and Pack, packs gangs gangs, gangs is more threatening packs is the actual term <laughs> gangs i'm going for because it sounds dangerous many of them you can't think of them like dogs that we have waggy tails fluffy cuddly pets you know they're most of them look quite they're, even the ones that are pets look quite sort of mangy and wild. They've got like a hyena look in their eyes, you know, it's sort of, and if you think about, you know, an example of this, I'd, every time you got near a village, you'd be running through villages because there are dogs wandering around. I'd have to stop and walk. And I'd walk through that village holding pepper spray in one hand, an audio deterrent in the other. And sometimes, I mean, I carried, I've got a dog rock, which I picked up somewhere in Romania and I've carried it. 1500 miles in my pocket it's now become an artifact it's called your dog your dog rock and i call it the dog rock yes <laughs> incredible because <laughs> i guess that the, if if they went for you i remember having this discussion with you and we talked about rabies and stuff like it would it would be it would be like the end of it wouldn't it if they all chased you it must be terrifying yeah you have to you'd be in the hospital having injections and god knows what it was um and I, I didn't, you know, 
the thing is, in reality, there was probably only three or four incidents where I felt genuinely under proper threat. There was one where in that town in Betchett where there was three dogs actually came and I could feel their breath on my shins and their teeth were out and their hairs were up and it was terrifying. Yeah. And the other times it's just they would often back away, but you just didn't know what was going to happen every time you saw a dog. That's the thing. It builds. It just builds and builds, right? Like you could sense the tension in it. Like you're meant to be having this adventure, but there was this just underlying tension the whole time. Yeah. And if you, and what was interesting is it made, originally my plan was to stick as closely to the river as possible, but I ended up going back to the, what is the Euro Velo cycling route across Europe and following that more closely because that was where more people had been i felt really exposed when i was running in places where people didn't expect to see people and and that was often where you might find farms with dogs and sheep dogs that might come and also they'd go at you you know it was um it, i i didn't realize how tense i was until i kind of moved over into serbia and until i started running around austria and germany where you just can the only thing you've got to worry about really is is running well there we go can't have all the fun can we that'll be a a chapter in the book dogs Dogs, um what about getting lost what about that sort of stuff what about route changes as you've been going have you sort of did you were you easy to go with the flow or were you just like would it just bring you out in hives of anxiety if you considered like oh i've actually got to make this detour and all that sort of stuff small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I haven't had to do too many detours. That's good. I've I've been I've missed a couple of clangers like other people. Often on this, you'll see there's lots of cycle tourists who are coming the other way. I'm one of the only ones going upstream. Most people come down, so I get to sort of um, talk to them about where they've been. And I know that some people, there's one mistake that I could have made, which I nearly did, was going to a border that crossed from Serbia to Hungary, where they only take EU and Serbian passports. Oh. And if I'd, have, if I'd have gone that route, that would have been like a nice 200-mile round trip. Ooh. Or something, you know, it would have been that might, I think things like that, if I'd have gone any, at any point, if I'd have gone too deep into it, that could have been like, get me, get me out of here. Thanks a lot, Brexit. Yeah. That would have been a really, that would have been a political, a political swerve yeah. we wouldn't have been expecting from this yeah. trip. Yeah. yeah. But it's been, routes have been okay. I've had to, I've ended up running in some crazy places. Like I've run dual carriageways 
I, li- I literally ran past Vienna Airport along all the main roads, just like running around like Heathrow <laughs> oh or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just because I the route took me in like a not a nice way into Vienna. That was crazy. Yeah. You look at something on a map and on a route when you're planning these things and it looks reasonable. Like you can can't until you get there, you have absolutely no comprehension i mean i've done it in the uk and i've gone oh that looks quite good around that bit and you end up and it's like oh no this is just a big a road yeah or dead ends or and i've run through a, f- a few places where it says don't run through here there's a big sign saying no danger don't run through here i'm like i have to i have no choice because i'm not going back <laughs> <laughs> have you did you have you become heavily reliant on it'd be a be amiss not to talk to you about kit have you become heavily reliant on one thing that you knew you would rely on heavily and something that you didn't think was going to be that important and has been super important. And I'm going to say watch is probably very important. Or could you think you could have done it without? Uh, I mean, I could have done it. I think I would have easily done it without the watch. Okay. Uh, the one thing that absolutely couldn't have done without, and this is an obvious one, daily life is the phone. Yeah. Mm. Um, and a couple of days back, my phone screen went black during a run. Oh, God. And I was like, it's the, ph- the phone has died. If the phone has died, I'm in trouble because it's my navigation, it's my communication, it's all the stuff that I'm shooting. It's got, and it had done that thing where sometimes in the sunlight the screen goes black. Oh, and I, I couldn't see it right now. Yeah. But for, for for six miles, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I'm now got no phone. Yeah, and that thing with that, re- I realised that would jeopardise the entire trip. It would become very difficult. Um, I guess the thing that I also have relied really heavily on is the backpack being right. Um, that that broke a few times, but I had to sort of lash various bits together and make it work. Um, some kit that I thought I'd rely on that I haven't relied on at all, and this is going to be this sort of big admission here, is my is the sort of four or five kilos worth of camping gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you spoke about, I did did want to bring this up, Kieran, because you said you were going to be lying, like yeah. in a field yeah. in a tent. Yeah. You haven't you haven't used that tent once. Oh, well, it's it's a bivy sack, but yeah, I haven't, and yeah, I've carried it. I mean, for the best, I think it was a crazy idea. I mean, but... not not for not wanting to, but from the kindness of strangers and just some planning, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think if I'm really honest, like the, the Romania set the precedent, and I realised quite quickly that because I was running a lot for those for that first three weeks with that kind of on high alert and feeling tense, I. And at the end of it, it was so important for me to have a place of sanctuary. And I didn't think, when I was back in England, I didn't think that would be so important. But now I realise that wild camping or camping in campsites on bivvying would have brought so many different challenges. Yeah, yeah. You know, even you get back to the campsite, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and there's no shade and you're sat in 37 degree heat and you're just sitting there waiting for it to get dark to go to bed. If you go to the supermarket, you have to take the pack with you and those supermarkets because the campsites are outside of town it's like a three kilometer kilometer kind of round trip yeah you just add in miles you add in effort it's, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah and camping's just hell on earth i don't know why anyone would do it anyway let alone when you've run like three marathons no so if, if it helps i am going to be in a camper van for some of it towards the end so all right well okay. so maybe one have maybe you, one night i'll you, just use that yeah use that bag once yeah. and then it'll Are be you worth still carrying, carrying it for like it yeah. No, I've, <laughs> now I've got there have been moments with the with the when I've had crew that I've put the, the pack with them and I've run with a lighter pack but I, when I in a couple of days time I'll go back and be on my own again for a bit and I will carry it still you know yeah and I, I think it's it's been really the, the important thing for me is that that was my fallback option if I really needed to I, I had everything I needed to be self-sufficient and not rely on that so I was always 
comfortable that if I had to stop at some point, I could, if I really needed to. And how many pairs of shoes have you got through? And what shoes are you running in for anyone who's not been following you on Instagram? I've, I've used three, and I, I ran the first 700 miles in one pair with the Saucony Endorphin Speed 2. And then I switched to the Speed 3, which they're just a little bit wider, I think, in the toe box. They've got a little bit more cushion. And I've run in, yeah, Speed 3s up until now. And I've, yeah, and I swapped to a second pair of Speed 3s. So I did, I think I did about another 500 miles in the first pair of Speed 3s. And so now I'm going to finish it in the second pair. Um, and they, they've, they've done remarkably well, you know. I mean, the wear and tear, they were, they were good, you know. I, I think arguably with even with the second with the first press b3s i could have gone on a bit longer but yeah it's all good great advert for them isn't it i mean you waiting for that endorsement to <laughs> wait, oh, yeah for the big check to come through <laughs> i mean it is it, it, it was uh, i mean i remember talking to you before you went and it was like a big old decision that you had to make about what shoes you were going to rely on and not from a like brand perspective but purely from a comfort and what you thought might be the best shoe for the job which is I kind of some people might think is a really easy decision to make, but you know, for you or I who meticulously like mull over these sort of things, that's quite a sort of a big a big ask. Do you think you still would you? I mean, it's very difficult to say if you've made the right decision, but I guess if they've stood the test of time, then you have. I, I would probably go straight to the Speed Threes if I'm honest. I, th- I think the the Speed Twos are just a little bit narrow, and I have a bit of a problem with my toes, so where they sort of sit on each other and I need a bit more space. But the, the best compliment I can pay to them is that I haven't really noticed them, you know, and that's that's perfect. Um, rest of my kit as well. I think all, all of my kit has worked really, really well, to be honest. I haven't really had too many troubles. How smelly have you been? I have been absolutely atrocious. Because I, I want to know about the the, the the sort of like three T-shirt combo thing, because you were running in like 30-something, 40-degree heat, but you were wearing three tops. I I too. Right. So I've, I, I've I've like a little thin. Was that a fashion statement? <laughs> no, no. It's yeah. Basically, I just it's I've always run like that. It's how I sort of feel comfortable. So I've got a very thin innovate base layer top that right. weighs nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I wear the wear the the other t shirt on top. And yeah, I don't know. It's just how I feel comfortable. It's I mean, it, it seems to protect the nipples is the main thing. It's <laughs> very important. How often are you changing both tops? Um. Never, or really. What? I've already got one. He gets them washed occasionally and it's a big treat. <laughs> yeah, so I think in the first... But can you not wash it, you know, when you're on holiday and you wash stuff in the sink? Can't you do that? I, I, yeah, I could, but then I have to carry washing powder, which I all buy, and then you have to buy a big box of washing powder and then leave it. And I, I mean, Jane, if, as an example, I've, the toothpaste, I, I decant toothpaste into a little pot and only carry like five days toothpaste. So that's how I'm trying to keep the weight down. So okay, I, I found, so carrying powder. Just gonna, you just you got to embrace the smell. And I, I mean, the longest I went, I think, was probably about 12 or 13 days in the same kit. And I, it was, yeah, I mean, it, I'd started to dislike my own smell. But I'm still going into, I still have to go into supermarkets and. Yeah. yeah. And they really and so, disliked okay, you. They loved me in there. Like one lady in a German bakery, after I'd made my order, she said, um, you, you know there are tables outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's when you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you know you stay. Please leave yeah. the building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so. That's very good. What sort of like little bit of kit surprised you that you didn't think like? Have you found that actually having a like a buff 
with you like a, the whole time or is it just you know the, the little bits and pieces that you've just been reaching for that you didn't think oh actually I've been using that every single day and I didn't think I would lip balm I don't know something yeah I mean there's um I, I guess one thing really is actually it's not really it wasn't a piece of kit it was I took I grabbed a load of um air you know um, airline uh toiletry plastic bags and they've been incredibly useful and I, I hadn't planned to do that I just picked them up but for things like putting my phone in when it starts to rain or that moment where the rain came and I had to sort of keep everything protected or move things around they've been absolutely magic um the other thing I guess that's been more useful than I thought was my I've got a, a little satellite communicator Garmin inReach and that's just meant I, it's every morning I set the tracker and I can send a link to my family and they see that i'm moving and and well and yeah, yeah i mean i didn't i didn't know they were watching i thought maybe they were just ignoring it until one day i forgot to tick the box for my dad and i got like loads of messages <laughs> what's going on where are you why haven't you started are you all right you know it's um and i can put that and it's kind of safe and it's been that's my backup tracking as well so that's been quite cool that's um, good yeah and and i picked up i lost one of my special raid light bottles early on on the road somewhere in Bulgaria, I didn't realise it had fallen out. So I, I had one two like liter and a half plastic bottle. I grew to I grew to love that plastic bottle. You still got it. <laughs> still is, got is it. Is this yeah. the one that the man gave you from the cab? No, that's no. a really lovely story. Yeah, it was a shame it's not that one, but it's yeah. I don't know because you know when you lose when you're on a journey like this, when you lose things, those little things happen to you. Yeah. yeah. They can weigh really heavy. You know that was a bad day. I I was coming to to the end and I was struggling. It was hot and it started to rain and i was miserable and i lost my bottle and i'm like oh that's it i can't finish this journey now because i haven't got a bottle you know i've only got one bottle so then when i found the new one and it fitted it it worked perfectly <laughs> became my little it. friend you know i can do this again yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. are you keeping the beard and the the kind of you must have a weird tan going on <laughs> i've got i've got the best tan it looks it looks the only way to describe it it looks like a pair of socks on a horse you know where where that middle section of my leg is kind of is is as brown as it's ever been, and it's it's browner on the calves than it is on because I've been running with the sun at my back most of the way because I'm going west I guess yeah and it's so and then yeah my neckline and the beard I mean this is this is the thing that I didn't really expect it's got quite long and it's gone quite grey and it's there's there's big sort of ginger patches in it and there's some orange patches in the front that make it look like I've been eating Watsits and not bothered to clean my mouth <laughs> which the way you smell is exactly what everyone exactly, exactly yeah. what everyone thinks yeah yeah, um, yeah. it's good I mean you, you've trimmed the tash which is which is very important because you were getting yeah. It, yeah that looks it looks a bit neater now but I think mate would, I think keep it I think it's you think keep it, it depends really on what your, your yeah. family feels because they're the ones who have to interact with your face the most so I yeah. just like that's that's down to them but you know I think, so I think if you don't go on an adventure and you don't grow a massive beard then i think that you've wasted a real opportunity I, this is this is i've i've never grown a beard in my life so this is like a one this is once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity for me to see what it looks like so yeah i've got like a personal best on this front as well oh um, per- yeah all right a great a beer a, a bpb a, yeah exactly fantastic yeah. fantastic yeah. but who knows when i shave it all off under here is there's going to be no tan. The tan will be the yeah. tan will be insane. Oh God, no, be you've got to you've got wild. to gradually fade it down to stubble. You can't if you went just complete wet shave, you'd have the oddest looking face in the world. And then the highlights I guess have been those little moments of people 
just being lovely. Because I guess after COVID, it must be such a weird... Remember when we didn't go outside and we didn't talk to anyone for months, years? It must be so nice to meet, have those little moments, I guess. It's It's been the best part of this entire thing is seeing... You know, I think it was one of the things that I want... I was keen to... Or I hoped for that you'd run through all these countries with all these different kind of people and different cultures and you know, different challenges in the countries. But the one thing that would be the same throughout would be people coming out and being kind and helping a stranger. And that's been really true. And it's been really grounding and humbling. And I, I think just to just to see, it's changed my my feeling about how I should be to strangers. And I, I know, I think it's very easy to feel like inviting someone into your house that you've never met before, like in Milos in Serbia, invited me into his house with his family, sorted me out with food and everything. He's a 17-year-old lad who's come out and run with me and done that. And they opened their home and they were so lovely. They were like my own family for a day and a half. His dad got up at five o'clock in the morning to make me porridge and then drove me to my start point. And I just put myself in that position and think, well, if I was in London, would I, would I have behaved like that? And if I'm being really honest, I think the answer is probably no, because I'm not programmed that way. And I think this has changed my attitude. I, I hope it makes me more open and more willing to be helpful. And it's lifted me. You know, it's it's definitely lifted me. I I this I wouldn't be seven days out from finishing this without all of those people coming out and doing what they did, from handing me a, a you know bag of plums and apricots to water to coming and running with me or giving me their home or Dimitar driving me, you know, they've, and at key times. So that's, yeah, it's been wonderful. Do you, I mean, not to get sort of too, I don't know, maybe political on it, but do you think that the sort of like how we behave culturally in Great Britain and like the perception of Eastern Europe and all these sorts of things, I certainly think that there's been a lot of stigma placed on nations and how they behave and immigration and all these sorts of like characteristics that come with all of that and you've run through the heartland of those countries and had nothing but pleasant experiences and kindness shown upon you and it's all it's a it's a sort of a it's a it's a very stark it lies in stark contrast to perhaps the stories told about these different nations that we get on our on our little island yeah definitely and i you know that's the one thing that's again it surprises me most i've had zero trouble from human beings you know, if anything, I've had help and support from human beings. I wasn't expect. I, I thought I might encounter some of that, but what's really interesting is in some of the countries. You know, again, you know, people are very aware in Romania that they, of how the rest of Europe perceives them, and they talk openly about it, about the reputation that they've got from, I guess, and they'll they'll say openly that this is because of maybe some of the people who travelled initially to the other countries and how they behaved or how they're sort of perceived. And they're, they're desperate to try and change that perception. And again, in, you know, you go to Serbia and you think about recent kind of history and the people are not the politicians is one of the things that they, they said to me a lot. We are not what our politicians might have done in the past. And, and they have a culture of, um, of hospitality anyway. It's kind of ingrained in them from, you know, for thousands of years, but that, I think has accentuated this idea that they know they want to welcome people and show people that they're not what's shown in a Hollywood film or, and all of those things. And I, yeah, it's, um, and I would, I would recommend visiting those places like Serbia is just an absolute beautiful country with wonderful people. You know, it's, um, that's been one of the, 
highlights of the trip crossing that country as well. Yeah, a magic destination. What what's been the what have people how have people responded to you when you're sort of like as you say like this this lorry driver called you over? Was he just like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean they don't I mean they they don't this is, you know, if you think about it, it's this is it's proper sort of you know, dual carriageway kind of roads. They're not expecting to see anybody on there. They're you know, they all get out of their trucks and some of them are sort of standing around. And people are shocked, you know, people are surprised to see me running where I'm running. You know, even the police. One of the great things that all the border crossings, the, I'd walk up to the border crossing and poke my head into the window. I'd have to lean down because they're all down for the cars. And the border guard would say to me, Sir, where, are you, where have you come from? I'd say, Romania. Where are you going? I'm going to Germany. And he'd sort of pull a face. Where's your bike? was the first question. I'm like, I don't have a bike. Where's your car? I don't have a car. What, what are you doing? <laughs> and they, they just, some of them, they just couldn't fathom They've never seen it before. This is just isn't something that they expect, you know. And some people have, some people really can't grasp what it is that I'm doing, and they almost sort of close off and dismiss it. And then some people are blown away by it, and they get really excited, and they go and went and tell sort of their groups of friends. And but but it's been more, it's been really positive, you know. People have been fascinated by the fact that this guy is, you know, if I walk into a shop, they're always sort of asking me where my bike is. Because you're doing this as, as obviously as a fundraising thing at the same time, so obviously I mean that probably helps explain it, some of it away. If you sort of get, you, I'm doing this for charity, and it kind of people are, you know, they, I guess there's a bit more knowledge in the world about people doing extreme things for charity. So I guess that kind of helps. But you know, how, how's that been going for you? You know, along the way, have raising lots of money. I mean, I'll put lots all the information in the in the link in the description so people can can help. But just tell us a bit more about what you're aiming to do. Yeah, so I've, I've basically, we've raised about £5,000 for a group of charities that help poverty-impacted children or vulnerable children worldwide. So there's Save the Children, UNICEF, uh, the Starfish Great Hearts Foundation, who work with age-affected children in South Africa, Farah, who have projects working with children in Romania, and then there's a breakfast club helping children get kind of food before they go in to learn at school so they can learn better with full bellies. And I wanted to do that just, you know, I've got some big charities, I've got some smaller ones that are a bit more targeted, but basically we're helping some of the most vulnerable people, you know, around the world have a better shot at life. And that's definitely helped me along the way, you know, doing it for a, for a cause has been really great. And I've met people who've handed me money along the way when they've heard the story, they go to their pocket and give me 20 euros. You know, and that's you know again, it's sort of, you're like, no, don't weigh me down. Yeah, like, can I send you the online link? Change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to, I'd dearly love to get that up higher. You know, I, I feel like I'd like to make a bigger impact on on the on the money raised. But um, yeah, that's been that's been fantastic as well. Oh well, any, anyone listening to this, there'll be a link in the description. And if not, go on to runnersworld.com slash UK and have a search because there's also a piece about the whole adventure from Kieran. And uh, there's also going to be a bit in the magazine, isn't there? Yes, yeah. You've got to write that still. I know, I know. How am I going to get... When's your deadline? I don't, we haven't talked about that yet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it, it's passed. Yeah. <laughs> You're late. Copy's I'm, late. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not going to be like three days after I finish, but... That's going to be, I don't know what's going to be harder, running this or writing about it, but, but yeah. How, how, how have you been documenting this whole thing? Because, I mean, anyone who's seen, you've, you've got cameras on you and you've, you've been uh, posting on Insta and all this sort of stuff, but 
How, what's and you know documenting the whole thing? Have you? Is there going to be a bigger edit coming? Is there? You know, you're going to do a whole like highlights reel of, on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to capture as much as I can myself with my iPhone, and I've been making like you said, just been doing like a voice diary has been really helpful. Funnily enough, actually, this is something I didn't expect. Running along and talking into a mic to yourself about what's around you and what you're is actually really good for running i don't know it sort of helped take my mind off everything weird i'd get miles done whilst i was chatting it's like you know running along looking slightly crazy but yeah i will i will do there'll be uh, like a short i guess a short film or whatever from the bits and pieces that i've cut together um and yeah all of it will be on instagram on youtube and in different places but um yeah i've, I've tried to capture as as much as possible but there are definitely times where the effort of getting the camera out yeah has been too much I bet. Or, yeah it's it's different you know once a lot of people have said to me why didn't you why haven't you made a film of it or why didn't you take a crew and there's two things that one it costs an awful lot of money the second actually i think it having done it i think it changes the adventure because having six other people around you all the time or whatever it might have been in a van would have been a whole different experience and in a way i'm quite glad i've done it this way but i guess you've been in the moment haven't you you've been like living it there's such a demand these days for everything to be captured all the time like you can go even like now you visit places that are nice to look at and it's just becomes like an an instagram it's just an instagram moment rather than just like going somewhere for the sake of it so i think it's probably right i think it's just nice to live be there on your own in the moment and and capture some bits wherever you can and that's it so when i was a good example sitting with milos and his family and they'd made beautiful food and it was on this kind of garden and i you know, my instinct was, oh, I should probably get the camera out now and plonk it at the end of the table and have some footage of us having it. And I was like, actually, I I think it's intrusive and yeah, I but, just wanted to be yeah. there and experience it. I didn't really want to make it weird for them and them to react differently because the camera's on. So, you know, there are bits that are in the story that will be missing, but they're all, you know, I've got them all up in my head and it's better for it. But... going to have to rely on good old fashioned memory. <laughs> exactly. You know? <laughs> Let's hope that that still works. Exactly. God, all that sun exposure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, mate, thank you so much for joining us and taking time out on your rest day. Um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and all the best with the final miles, the final seven days of running. Um, and yeah, thanks again for chatting to us. No, thank you for having me on. It's been great, great to chat about it. And thanks for all the support along the way. That brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast a huge thanks to our guest Kieran Alger and good luck to him for the rest of this amazing journey that he's on uh, and thanks to you for listening you can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5 head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World podcast to get this offer and you can listen to the Runners World podcast on ACAST iTunes <laughs> everywhere. everywhere just search Runners World UK and subscribe Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? 
Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.